Welcome to Midnight Conversations. I'm Anandanami Karaja. And I'm Stephen Banos. Stephen, we're back. Yeah, we are. It's been After a bit a little, of a hiatus. Yeah. Three three weeks. Mm. It's enough that we were noticed. Our absence was noticed <laughs> by a few people. Did you get yeah. some complaints, some messages? I, I, I did one or two, but you know, that mm. I think that's a positive thing. It means that people care enough. We're part of their life. And then, we, you know, that piece of stability is left. So... You know, it's, I take those yeah. uh, co- comments as a as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. yourself. Yeah, no, I feel I feel like we we're playing kind of like hard to get a little bit with some people. Do you know what <laughs> no. I mean? Playing the mysterious no. card. No, like, you never know when the episode's coming, guys. I, but no, you know, stay it's, tuned. it's weekly. Wednesdays <laughs> when we record. It's a very stable thing. We took a few weeks off. Always good for the mental health. Mm. Take a bit of break. So yeah, it just so happened that my break and Stephen's break were like week after week after. So it, it worked out well. So yeah, that's yeah. right. There were there were some big changes going on in our lives that we that's needed right. to, I guess, deal with. That's right. And if you if you check out Stephen's background, you can see that he is in a new place. He's got a piano behind him, a guitar. So all that's I can right. assume is that he's just been practicing so hard for the end of the episode getting ready for that last oh, end of the episode me. after oh, he's forgotten about dear it dear me no i hadn't forgotten about it i was just hoping that you had but no, yeah okay. look I, I, i'm in a new city now i've moved out of canberra i've moved away from anodin but that does not That's mean it? that we are less connected no does it and how uh, are we uh, remaining connected? We're remaining connected through Zoom. And uh, Zoom. that's the topic of today's conversation. Stephen, sure. how smooth yeah. did we do that? Like, I think that's worth a compliment. Was, of, like, I didn't oh, even prepare that. Dude, no, I know. I know. That's three weeks off as well. Dude, maybe we should take more time <laughs> off between episodes. <laughs> it's so smooth. Maybe that's the, that's the key. Anyways, today is about Zoom. It's about yeah. uh, privacy relating mm. to Zoom. It could, it could relate to really any sort of platform you use, Skype or Google Hangouts. But uh, this particular paper was looking into Zoom and the privacy concerns relating to that. And it's quite interesting. I think it's relevant to a lot of people if you're unaware of like sort of the privacy concerns relating to Zoom and what these authors found. Um, but Stephen, I mean, do you use mm. Zoom for your work? Have you used Zoom much in your um, work day to adapt to COVID? Uh, not really Zoom. We use kind of uh, Cisco WebEx, I think is the thing that we use. Okay. Um, Okay. But I've used yeah. I've used Zoom for a lot of other things. Mostly kind of yeah. personal conversations. You you use Zoom a fair bit, don't you? Yeah, in academia yeah. Zoom has been the fallback. I mean, they have like, you know, premium subscriptions to it and stuff. But I know in high school settings they use a lot of Google Hangouts or Google Meets and stuff. So mm. there's d- different contexts uh use different uh software. But let me let me get into the overview of what this paper is about and what they found. How about how does that sound, Stephen? Sounds perfect. Go for it. All right. Awesome. So, um what this paper discusses is about the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's the because of that, it's changed the way in which people communicate. You know, Stephen and I, we're, we're doing this podcast now via Zoom. We used to do it face-to-face, and, mm-hmm. you know, I prefer it, to be honest. It's, it's nice, you know? It's, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, do you know why <laughs> I prefer it? Because Stephen is now more reliably on time than before. Uh, I was a were, minute late today. You were a minute late. I a minute. It. I got scolded. <laughs> I I actually felt bad because I messaged Stephen. I was like, I just checking that you still know we're doing a pod today. And then immediately as I sent it, he he came, he appeared. So yeah. I should, I should wait more than a minute before sending you yeah. a message. <laughs> I think I've been scarred too many times. Those, you know, those wounds are oh. just fresh. <laughs> but anyway, so we're, yep. us, we're using Zoom. Everyone's using Zoom or some sort of um, media platform to uh, interact with one another. So 
What this study did is they explored the privacy issues relating to um, attending virtual meetings. So what they did, which was really interesting, was they extracted private information from collage images uh, of meeting participants that are publicly posted on the web. So this happens a lot in Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this, Stephen, but often when people have like a big meeting, a conference, or they're doing a workshop, they'll take a photo of the Zoom uh, you know, the Brady Bunch looking picture with all the people around and they'll say, oh, look, everyone's here. We're doing a little Zoom. Have you seen that before? I have, but I didn't realize how common it was. Was mm. it in, in this paper? They found like 150,000 or something. What was the That's number? right. Yeah. I think it was. A, a they, they, yeah. So mm. they extracted about 40,000. They got 40,000 collage images that were publicly available. And from that, as Stephen said, they got um, 142,000 face images, right? Because these collages have multiple people. So they um, were able to extract face images all from freely available public websites. They they call it a web crawler that they use to find these images. And um, they first found that and then they used those images and then they matched that with social media um, you know, the accounts. And then they found, you know, the names that people use. So if you use your real name, do you use your first name, your last name? Does it say, you know, Stephen Bannis iPhone or does it say Stephen iPhone or uh, yeah, whatever the name is. And oh, well, I was just about to say what your name was, but I was like, am I breaching your privacy? <laughs> am I oh, saying what, what you're Zoom thinking? I mean, I said my name at the start of the pod. I don't think. Yeah, yeah I don't no, that's fair. <laughs> um, so they, yeah, th this is what they did. And, um, what they found was that uh, their results indicated that it's actually relatively easy to A, collect thousands of publicly available images of video conference meetings, and then B, extract personal information about the participants, including, and what they found was the face images, the age, gender, usernames, and sometimes even full names. Um, and then from this, they were able to uh, follow up on people and find out more information and cross-reference information. So um, the takeaway is sort of, you're not really safe. Even something as innocent as logging on to a social media platform um, can have some dangers, especially if someone's posting a photo of it on online. But Stephen, what, what, what were your thoughts on this? Did it surprise mm. you? Were you? Did you know of these concerns? Had, had they been raised to you? Yeah, no, not, not really. I mean, I'm obviously aware that a lot of different people have access to my data. I have multiple like social media accounts. If people yeah. want to find stuff out about me, they, they're going to. Yeah. But that's why I feel like for the ordinary person, this stuff isn't super relevant. I think mm. there are some people, you know, that have confidential information and stuff where, you know, this is this is really important because mm. people are going to learn stuff about them. They're going to learn who all their friends and family are. They can learn stuff about their business activity, business interests. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me personally, I really don't feel like anyone's out to get me that much yeah. <laughs> this really concerns me do you know what i mean i do and i think mm. it's a it's a sort of danger society falls into is the thinking that well look who cares about me right mm. what what does, what does it matter like that that's sort of the argument right that, that you're putting forward is it, it doesn't matter like let them find whatever they want to find like I, you're you're saying you're an right. open oh steven's sweating a bit but <laughs> <laughs> but um my counter argument and i, I had similar like uh, feelings when I was thinking mm. about this. Um, so I looked in a bit deeper and I realized that the counter argument to this is you're correct. P 
per, perhaps individually you have nothing of major value that is uh, of concern, you know, barring the fact that maybe people get some information from you to get bank details or whatever, this or that. If we if we ignore that, you you as an individual having social media accounts may not have any real impact in your life. However, where it becomes interesting and important is at the population level. So if we look at uh, all people who um, are just giving up their data, and you can you can use any sort of data that you want, right? So you could say the time you go to work, or um, and so you say, okay, I don't care if Apple Maps or whatever knows when I go to work, and you're like, okay, fine. But if Apple Maps or Apple know where what time most people are going to work, then they know what time most people are in their cars. They know what time advertising is most effective and which demographic they're going to hit. And so as a result, at the population level, they have more valuable data. And the more and more I thought about this, the more I realized there's actually not one single thing that I could think of that didn't matter at the population level that couldn't be monetized. Mm. You could you could say anything. The time you go shopping, the the you know, you know number of times you go out to meet a friend or where you go to eat or any any sort of factor you individually maybe it doesn't matter maybe it's random whatever but at a population level people have access to well these are the social hubs that happen at these certain days we know that most activity is here we can put advertising here we can put misinformation or disinformation uh, you know campaigns that are targeted at these groups at these times and i think this is what was seen a lot with the Facebook scandals of the elections and all those ads were targeted. A lot of people think that when they go online, they're seeing some sort of balanced viewpoint. But in reality, uh, most social media websites, and uh, as well as YouTube, will start feeding you stuff to keep you on the website. And that's because of the way the algorithms are, are written. So, for example, YouTube is well known to, you know, use machine learning techniques to make sure that they suggest you the correct uh, videos that will pique your interest. More often than not, videos that pique people's interest aren't a balanced debate. It's it's like the one side of the debate that they they are agreeing with, and that's 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 sort of the danger here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on on that, Stephen? Uh, my thoughts are that it seems like you have watched that uh, documentary, <laughs> The Social Dilemma. Um, Social Dilemma, yep. Which is which is very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it is concerning because when um you know like these social media platforms these massive tech industries have all that data and they're shaping the information um you know like they're um, tailoring the information to the person then they're creating all these different millions and millions of little realities and then you know we start to stop understanding what's real and also we're giving these massive uh, corporations like a lot of control over over the masses and and that is scary i guess i mean there's there are laws that prevent them from doing anything too kind of erroneous but um i suppose there are some moral areas where they can i don't know like really uh really cause havoc or you know um creating like disunity within like communities is, mm-hmm. is a massive thing that that they're doing and that's something that they touch on in that documentary as well um the polarization Definitely. of communities and how that creates conflict yeah um yeah yeah Definitely. but I, I don't know in terms of linking that back to to zoom and and data breaches mm-hmm. um how do you how do you see this paper as being particularly relevant to to that 
Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting as well, just to follow up on your point, Stephen, mm-hmm. another uh, book that I read, which was related quite closely to the social dilemma is called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Um, mm-hmm. I w- you know, we won't go into it too much detail, but if you're interested in this topic and you want to read more about, you know, what uh, the the slot machine lifestyle of social media is and how it gets you hooked and addicted on onto um, your, the app so that you spend most of your attention there. Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport is a, is a great book to read. So much so that um, I've actually deleted all my social media accounts. Mm. Um, so I, I, it doesn't necessarily encourage you to do that. It just says... Um, try to find the value that these accounts give you, like these social media platforms do. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I realized it, it didn't. Oh, we're we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of trouble promoting uh, this oh, podcast. I'm, I'm off Instagram entirely. Are you? Like, okay. I still have yeah. TikTok on my phone, but I've never used it other than to upload the, uh, the videos. Yeah. So th- this yeah, will so. be a niche. Po- I was just about to say, I, this is going to be a niche podcast. I, I'll need you to upload what we can, but clearly if you're off Instagram, that, when did that happen? Must've been around the same time. It was the, the the night that i watched the social dilemma i was like what am i doing on this stupid app like That's all i'm doing wonderful. is giving my information to to other people so yeah yeah not only your information your behaviors right like the things yes. you like things you don't like yeah that and that's that's as we say at the population level very very valuable and um, so mm. back to what this paper is saying in terms of uh, what I think is interesting is the fact that something as harmless as a photo from a group meeting on Zoom um, that is up on the internet and that can be found. So like your 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 data is sort of never really safe and um, and it's a problem because uh, tech industries have progressed much faster than laws um, have around um, tech and so as a result we get this sort of out of hand nature in which there's like people are are doing what they want and and aren't really regulated. So this paper has some recommendations on how to minimize the overall uh, leakage of data that happens when you're using these platforms. Um, One is avoid video streaming wherever possible. So, you know, making sure that the video isn't streamed to the internet and isn't shared. If this isn't the purpose of the video, then there's no need to do it. Uh, The second one was avoiding uploading the photo of your meetings keep you know participants who are attending a meeting make sure no one takes a photo of it and uploads it um to the internet because that can easily be found and the next one was use generic pseudonames for video conferencing so don't use your actual name use just a generic name which people can identify you with and i find this one interesting because i use zoom a lot for teaching and the names have been great for learning students names but you know it's that trade-off right between you're privacy. stealing their private data man i know i know that's it that's it so um just yeah use use a generic name generic background is is something that i've actually been ahead of the curve on i use midnight conversations logo as our background for these pods so so generic background is good as well so that they can identify things in your room or in your background or even note your geographic location so i mean there's a few other points but those are the sort of the main things that i think people could do today like next time you log on to zoom change your name put a background up and uh, make sure that you know you if it's a video make sure that it isn't streamed i guess and that you know, only one person has access to to it. So yeah, yeah those yeah. those are the key takeaways. So what, what, one of the scary things that I learned from this is like that um, you can take the data that you get from people's faces from that from the images that you get on the internet, and then you can sort of like recreate, I guess, like filters to mm-hmm. I guess like it's put like a virtual mask on yourself so that you can appear as another person in Zoom meetings. So 
I don't I don't even know that I'm talking to you right now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should we should have some sort of uh, like code a, word, right? Or mm. like a, a a code question. There has to be some fact that I need to know about <laughs> you that no one else would know, Stephen. That that's what we need to do here, and on a very um, private forum. Of, <laughs> yes, <laughs> our, our <laughs> I was going to say, please don't please don't run anything by me now. It's yeah. Not gonna be well. um, so um, that time when you were seven. No, no, no mm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but also the other the other thing was um like the rise of Zoom bombing. Have you heard of this? No, what's Zoom bombing? It's a, it's touched on a couple of times in this paper. It's where like people hack into other people's Zoom meetings and then just cause a uh, mischief or yeah, yeah like or, or actually take um, information from other people's meetings as well, which is more serious. Yeah. But then uh, I did a bit of like YouTubing before uh, before this just to see you know like examples of Zoom bombing, and there are there are some really really terrible things that have happened. Oh really? Kinda, like the. The one that's hit the media, the the biggest is there was like a, a young African-American guy presenting his dissertation via Zoom and someone hacked into it and drew like a like a phallic image followed by like the N-I-double-G-E-R. Oh, no. Which is, uh, which is pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> that is pretty um, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You've, you've never experienced anything like this? No, like, nothing not like yet. that. Okay. Well, I, I had the more, a more humorous anecdote of Hamish Blake from the Hamish and Andy duo. He mm. actually requested listeners to send him uh, the links to their Zoom meeting. And I guess he's, he's pretty famous within, I guess, Australia, some, somewhat internationally. And so he would like, if it was a um, golf club catch up or drinks, he would dress up in golf out, out like gear and then attend the meeting and say this or that. And so, so it was actually quite hilarious. So that was Zoom bombing. I haven't, haven't heard that term before, but it's, uh, mm. it has, it has positive, uh, uh, outcomes as well as much <laughs> negative, serious outcomes that you touched on. So yeah, very true. I mean, like, and that's the question. I mean, I know within ANU, we initially were using Zoom and sort of the privacy was being upgraded as we went along. So initially when we used it, I could set a meeting, everything was okay. And then after a few months, they said, no, any new meeting set after this date will have to have a password. Um, mm. And so they generate passwords and this and that. So um, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's crazy when you think of how vulnerable people are. But what's crazy to me is how vulnerable people are, but they don't even realize. Like, you, mm. I would never think just logging on to watch a talk via zoom could compromise my security so yeah um, it's, it's only going to get worse as well honestly yeah. as, as like facial recognition technology improves um even now in china where they have like the social credit system based on facial recognition technology i, I know that we have security systems with facial recognition technology here as well like if people are using your facial data erroneously then you know that can cause some serious problems for you mm. and potentially mm. society so yeah, it is important, I guess, to be to be careful on Zoom. Put filters on. Wear a little mask yeah. every time you have a Zoom meeting. I don't know. Yeah. Or just passwords, <laughs> passwords. Eh? There, are, there pa are simpler pa ways. Yeah, passwords are good. Making sure you change, use a pseudonym, so not your actual name, and have a background. I think those are some key, easy things you can do with your Zoom settings to do so. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I, I think what's amazing is the level of data they're able to get just from you know, scoping the internet. They, they didn't act, do anything illegal. They just publicly available images of people's faces and they got their age, their uh, gender, and sometimes full names, which allowed them to, you know, find out more information. So it's very scary in, this, in the world we live in. So I think, I think the key message is to um, really learn more about whenever you're accepting uh, the use of an app, any app, if it's a new app or a well-established app, 
at the other end of that app are app developers. And those app developers at the front of their mind is not always your privacy. It's all more often than not how to make a really, really cool app that you're enjoying to use and you want to use and participate in. So privacy isn't always at the forefront of app development. In saying that, if uh, as a little public service announcement, a very cool app for people to get on is something called Signal. Um, if you use WhatsApp, uh, it's essentially the same, but the privacy is ramped up a lot. So um, it's exactly the same interface, but it's, it's you know, it ha check it out. It's uh, S-I-G-N-A-L and it's uh, worth, uh, yeah, worth getting mm -hmm. on to if, you, if you're concerned about your privacy and you want to make sure that you're a bit more secure. It has a few authentication factors which, which make conversations a bit more safe. So, yeah. I think yeah, WhatsApp, all the messages are already encrypted. But anyway, mm -hmm. new, new sponsorship opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't heard from Robertins yet, have we? Or, <laughs> no, or it's been a long time. It's been, it's been a while. Lift to be honest, it's been well. su such a long time. I've stopped drinking Robertins. <laughs> I've got, uh, I, I bought like two boxes when they were on sale and they, mm. they've stayed in there so much so that they're out of date, so. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, like a full-on coffee machine now. Yeah, I know. We're so, moving up in the world. Yeah, yeah we, we really so. are. DeLonghi, hit us up. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> saying that, um, that's pretty much it. Any takeaway yeah. messages, Stephen? Anything, any, any last words you wanted to say? I will be more careful. I really will. Yeah, good yeah. on you, man. I, I'm pretty yeah. lax with my data, um, yeah. so I need to need to up that a bit. Yeah. Good, I'm glad, because I know, I know you have had the attitude of, like, who cares what I do? But uh, hopefully this podcast helps you think that you're part of a community that yeah. you know, your I data used, is everyone's data. <laughs> yeah. I used to want to be a rock star. I, want, I used to want everyone to know everything about me back in the day. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. well, they, things are uh, shifting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, soon enough, though, you know, having privacy is going to be the valuable thing versus, you know, <laughs> having attention. So, you know, we'll see how, how the world shapes. Definitely, but in saying that, definitely. Stephen Manos, Play us out and outro. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's frantically trying to get his guitar, and, and, then, and then we'll we'll finish off uh, the pod with this thirty-second outro. Oh, is that it? Is that it? No, I don't. I, I said thirty seconds, and it went for like four. That was, uh, there we go. See you guys next week. Have <laughs> <my> conversations. <laughs> well done, Steve. Solid work. <laughs>